I have learned over the years when you take time and talk about God, take time and worship Him, take time and sing to Him, take time for Him, I have found over the years that He actually comes and is part of that. He's, he's amazing. I've, I've seen it where, where I've purposely talked about the Holy Spirit. And as I've talked about the Holy Spirit, it's like he comes and he just multiplies what's happening. So this morning, we came and we worshipped, and we had specific songs, specific words, specific heart attitude, and, and not a response, but actually going to him, pursuing and putting out, sacrificing to him. And God came and he responded in a like manner. And one thing I love about our God is he does not respond to the same measure. He responds to his proportion. So in other words... I will respond to somebody, and we use the term like manner. So you did that to me, so I'm going to do this to you. You cut me off when I'm driving, so now I'm going to get in front of you, and I'm going to go really slow. Uh, none of you have ever done that. As I start to do it, the Holy Spirit and my wife both convict me. But we do things in like manner. But what happens when we come before God and we sacrifice to him, his response is phenomenal. He doesn't respond in like manner. He doesn't respond to the same. He responds in proportion. So when you give something small and you give what you have, he comes and he gives who he is and what he has. So this morning, there was a powerful um, presence, if I could even use the word weight, of God. And we're going to continue that. We're going to take some time this morning and we're going to talk about our Father. And I'm going to tell you what I'm expecting because some of you will start feeling things inside of you that maybe you didn't understand. And I believe what it is, is it's God coming and he's touching you. So what I want to do right now is I want to put a little bit of perspective before you. So as we allow God to move this morning, you will start to connect or understand the feeling, the emotion, the moving in your tummy. And instead of you just putting it off, you'll start to go, okay, God, what are you doing? Years ago, when 
I first began to understand how God moves, I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. And I would remember, I would, I would stand on the side of the church during worship, and I couldn't stand still. And, I, and we had about three or four chairs in, the, in that row, and I would just move. And I couldn't stand still. And this happened week after week after week. And then I was talking to Pastor Nelson, and I says, I don't understand. And he says, God's moving on you. It's like, duh. But I had no frame of reference. So he said, when that happens, David, say, God, what are you doing? So I would start to pay attention, and I'd start to get pictures or words or thoughts, and sometimes they were for everybody, and sometimes they were for me. But what I started to do was I started to recognize when God was doing something, and then I would pay a little bit more attention to it. And sometimes we might refer to that as a feeling or a sensation, and sometimes it's just the only word that comes to our mind or our vocabulary. But I think what I have found is I realize it's something that's not normal. So this morning, I'm asking Father, our Father, to come and kind of play with us. Are you game? Are you game? And... Anybody here would love a touch from your father? All right. Good. The others, just get close to him. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, forever and ever. Amen. Father, come. Can you just say that right now with me? Father, come. Father, I open myself up. I open my arms to receive. Amen. When I was a child, I didn't know how to do a lot of things. And so I would spend time with my dad. He taught me how to use the chainsaw. And I remember he would teach me and he'd say, David, and we built some specific steps and what my dad did was we had about 10 steps to build, and he took time to show me about two of them. And he stood there with me, and he took the chainsaw, and he'd start it up. <laughs> he didn't always tell me the safety part, but he showed me how to cut. 
Sometimes the safety takes care of itself, but be safe. Always be safe. But he'd take the saw and he'd say, okay, we're going to fit it here. There's some logs here, and so we have to cut it on an angle. So he'd take the saw and he'd show me how to cut it. Then the next one, he'd, we'd talk about it. He'd involve me a bit more, and then he'd, he'd do it, and, and then I would do one or two in front of him. And then after a while, he actually left. And he said, David, now I want you to get the next step ready. And then I'd call him back, and he'd help me, and he'd look at it, check it out, and yeah, it fits great, let's put it in. And what he did was he taught me and he showed me how it was to be done. And a couple of things I took from that, one of them was he always wanted my best interests. Your father in heaven always has your best interests at heart. He always wants the best for you. Now that may look different from one of us to another because in John 15, he talks about how the vine dresser, talking of the father, comes and sometimes he prunes and he takes away things. But why does he do things like that? And why does he work at, at the, the things that are growing in our lives? Because he knows as the vine dresser, he is smarter than the vine. And he knows that a little bit of pruning causes more life to come and better fruit to happen. And so this morning, the Holy Spirit is going to come and the Father is going to come and he's actually going to impose himself on us. And I want to take a few moments this morning, and I, I don't have a lot of verses, or maybe I do, depending on your term of a lot, but I've got a few verses that I'd like to share. And what I want us to do is I want us to see a better, greater, clearer picture of our Father. In today's day and age, a fatherless family or fatherless home is almost 50% of the homes that children are raised in. So, I grew up in a very stable, solid home, and I'm very grateful for that. But in today's day and age, that is not necessarily a given or not necessarily the typical. And what happens sometimes is we use the term father, and right away we get a picture. And if we're not careful, we start to accept Heavenly Father through the lens and through the filter of how we accepted our earthly father, or how our earthly father treated us. Or what we wanted from our Father in, on, on earth, and we didn't get it. And then when we say our God wants to give you good things, sometimes we become very cynical. And it's not because of God, it's because of what's happened to us. So this morning, I want to take a few minutes, and I want to put inside of our spirit a picture of Heavenly Father. Of what He wants for you. I'd like to start in John 3, 16. What's funny is, 
I grew up with that verse. I'm not sure I've heard that verse preached very much. And yet we know it is one of the greatest verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I want us to see just a few things. I've got a couple other verses. But first I want you to see is, for God so loved the world. And he's talking about Father there because he says that he gave his only begotten Son. We know it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. So the first thing I want you to see, if you're taking notes, if you're writing anything down, is that God the Father loves you. And if you're writing that down, write me. He loves me. You say, well, duh, I know that. People are craving someone to love them. People are craving it. People do the weirdest, craziest, most unimaginable things often because they're just trying to fit in and for someone to love them. And the first thing I want us to see from our Father is that He loves you. He loves me. He loves you so much that He gave His best. Fathers. Fathers. I am a father, and recently I've become a grandfather. And as I become a grandfather... I've taken a look at fatherhood from a greater, a bigger perspective. And I can tell you as a father, I have seen, I've experienced, and I've seen where the father wants only the best for his kids. The father, I want the best for my kids. I've had instances where people have done things to my kids and I've gotten angry. Like crazy angry. How dare they do something like that to my child? I've literally had to have Winona look at me and get in my face and say, do you really know what you're doing right now? It's not... Why? Because of the passion of a father for their kids. So, fathers. Can I have all the fathers look at me for a second? Give your best. Give your best to your kids. Don't give them the rest. Give them the best. When you come home from a hard day at work, and by the way, give your best to your boss. So after you've come home from giving your best to your boss and to your employee and your employer, come home and give your best to your kids and to your family. Don't live a life 
where you're not giving the best of who you are. Our Father in heaven gives us his best. He gave his best so that you and I could have the best. And the best is salvation through Christ, and the best gift is the Holy Spirit. That's the best gift you and I could have. Don't give less than your best. You say, well, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. Give the best you can at that moment. When you put your head down on the pillow at night, examine your day. Men and women, but I'm talking to men right now, examine your day and say, I can sleep well because I gave my best for those who I love. And what you're doing as a father is you're showing your children how valuable they are, but also you're teaching them and training them. So when they get to your age, they have a model that they understand and can live and can work with because today's day and age lacks those models. I coached soccer a number of years ago. And my daughter, Olivia, and over a three-week period, one of the girls came with a different parent each week. And here this child was seven, eight, nine years old and had no picture of the stability or of the beauty of a family. She didn't even know one time, she didn't even know who was picking her up. And that hit me. As a family. And, and one, of the, one of the best pictures of God is family. I want to see another thing. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19. The Holy Spirit is... Working, as I'm sharing, I believe God is coming and the heart of the Father is getting put, placed, imposed, working into our hearts right now. The heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is that he gives his best. He gives his best to you. I want you to see another aspect of the heart of the Father. This is him talking to Moses. The children of Israel had just came out of Egypt, and they had been out of Egypt for three months, and they had entered into the wilderness, and Moses goes up to God, and God speaks to him from the mountain. And he says, and you're going to tell the people this. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians so first thing is, your father will take care of those things that are hassling you. 
We sang that this morning. Veronica had that picture of the fire. And actually, Kathy came to me. I forgot to ask you to come, Kathy. But she shared with me the picture that she said, the wolves come, and when the fire grows, the wolves go away. And one of the ways that you build that fire, you build it through praise. Is that correct, Kathy? So one of the ways that you build up your defense, you build up the power of God in your life is you praise and you worship and you exalt him and you praise him and that fire, that, that protection grows and builds and the, the wolves will leave. Get used to hearing your own voice. Get used to hearing your own voice. The first number of times my wife and I would pray together in the car, it was awkward. Because I would actually say out loud, Father, would you be involved in this? Would you give us? And I was saying it out loud. I've got to be honest with you. The first few times we did it, it was awkward. It was weird. Now, we get in the car, and with about, within about 10 seconds, it's like we're into prayer. Get used to saying it out loud. Get used to talking to God out loud. Get used to saying things out loud. Say his word. Say his word and speak his word. So God is saying to Moses, he says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and I want you to get this picture of the Father's heart and the Father's love for you. It says, how I bore you up within the, as in the wings of an eagle. So right now, right now, if you could close your eyes. And picture an eagle swooping down and picking you up out of chaos and having you in its grip and taking you out of that situation to where that eagle brings you to safety. Keep your eyes closed. What is the situation that is causing you stress right now? I want you to identify it. And now I'm speaking prophetically to you right now. The Father is coming like an eagle swooping down, picking you up out of that hopeless, exhausting, tiring, unanswerable situation. As a father, and he's coming and he's picking you up and he's taking you out of that situation. That's 
the heart of the Father for you this morning. You can open your eyes. When you keep them closed too long, I get worried. It's a real simple sermon this morning. Understanding the power of the heart of our Father to us. I'm, I'm often challenged when I preach because one of my passions is wisdom. One of the things I love, I love making smart decisions and wise decisions. I love it because I've made enough poor ones in my life that when I make a good decision, I love it. And, and, and I, Pastor Nelson and I kind of chuckle because I'm, sometimes I'm so practical it's boring. <laughs> Pastor Nelson laughed. Uh, he knows what I'm talking about. And I love being practical. I love the practicality of how God can do things and just how, and, and how we can actually be practical and so many things we can. But what I find sometimes is as I prepare to preach, I'm in awe of the wonder of my God. And as I preach, I could give you five or six things for you to do to get better but I want to give you one or two things for you to understand your father better. Because I'm convinced, I'm convinced that the better I get to know my father, the better I get to know what I need to do. And I can give you those six things, and there are times when that's very practical. There are times when that's necessary. See me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and even sometimes on Saturday, and I'll give them to you. But on Sunday morning, when we get together, one of my passions that I have is to give us a greater understanding of who our Father is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, and how He cares for us. Because when we can get a better picture of our Father, it can help us through the week. Because now I see how my father looks at this. And so my passion is for us to see a picture of our father this morning. Jesus says, when you pray, and I've said this a few times, if I was you, this is how I'd do it. You've got the smartest person on the earth. The smartest person in the universe speaking. And he says, listen, when you pray, this is how I do it. If we had some smart person come here and say, listen, I'm an expert in my field, so this is how I would do it if I was you, we'd pay attention. We wouldn't go up to a golf pro like Tiger Woods or, or any other professional that has, and, and they'd swing and they'd say, now this is how, and, and we wouldn't go to him and go, nah, man, that's not how I do it. I'm just happy with hitting the ball 30 yards and scuffing it 
and throwing my clubs up in the air. I don't need you. You go, wow, did you see how he did that? Did you see how he followed through? Did you, if, if we had Wayne Gretzky come here, would we teach Wayne Gretzky how to shoot the puck? No. And here we have Jesus saying, if I'm going to teach you how to pray, listen up. And he starts by saying, our Father. He says, our Father, by the way. He doesn't say, my Father, which he refers to in other passages. So, there's a relationship that we have. And for us to look at heaven on earth... For us to desire, what's it look like on earth as it is in heaven? One of the greatest pictures that we can get is a revelation of how and who the Father is. Because he says, our Father who art in heaven, how be your name? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Whose kingdom and whose will? The Father's. On earth as it is in heaven. So this week... When you are walking around looking at things, say, Father, what are you doing? Because when you ask the Father what he's doing, what he does is he reveals heaven to you. And he says, this is how I'm seeing this situation. So my passion, I'm learning and I'm growing in this, but what I'm finding is I'm more interested in teaching us and equipping us to understand God better. And I'm more interested in that than I am in teaching you how to understand you better. Because quite often when we figure out how to understand ourselves, we realize we don't understand ourselves because God throws a monkey wrench in there and he says, now what are you going to do? So when we start to understand how God functions, how God works, how he operates, his love, his heart, when we get a better grip and an understanding of that, I am convinced that it will affect my relationships. I am convinced having an understanding of the heart of God this morning will challenge you and change you so that things in your life that you used to do in a certain manner, we're going to stop because now you're going to have something else and you're going to say, the Father's heart is that he loves me. The Father's heart is that he doesn't want me to escape. It's so that he'd come and he'd pick me up in his arms from that situation. So the situation I'm facing that's hopeless and helpless, I don't have an answer. It doesn't seem like it's going to end. The Father's heart is to come and to swoop you like an eagle comes and takes you out of that. That's the Father for you and me. So when I'm in that situation, yes, Lord, I want to make good decisions. Yes, Lord, I, not, I need to watch the company that I keep. Yes, Lord, I've got to watch out what goes in front of my eyes. Yes, Lord, I can't. But also, Lord, I'm in a situation now, right now, that I need some help. And you know what? His grace is amazing. His grace comes and it helps us. Now, he doesn't say keep doing it. But he comes and he takes the children of Israel out. So they can experience the heart and the love of the Father. It cares for them. 
So this morning, a few minutes ago, when you closed your eyes, the Father was revealing his passion for you. One of the aspects, do you mind if I sit down for a second? I won't go to sleep. One of the aspects of the Father's heart, and when you look at the word, how he came down with an eagle's wings and picked them up, one of the aspects of this, and I want to be careful how I say this, but there's a vulnerability that a father takes in taking care of their children. And you say, well, Heavenly Father being vulnerable? No, I want you to understand. The 99 sheep, he let 99 to go after the one. And one of the translations and one of the ways of looking at that passage, well, he came and he bore them up with eagle's wings. And if you look at other verses with that context, one of the verses is that it's actually an exposure of, of doing something. And what happens is the father comes and it's like he exposes himself to hurt, to danger, to being misunderstood in order to take care of his kids. As a father, I have done things for my children that have exposed me to being hurt, misunderstood, and, and completely taken advantage of. But I have done that as a father because I love my children more than I care about what's going on with me. Now, I know with God, he's, he's amazing, but there is an aspect of life and the heart of the Father that sometimes it can get messy. The Father's heart for you The Father's heart for you is that he'd go after you when nobody else would go after you. The Father's heart for you is when everybody else has given up on you. He goes, I'm not giving up. The Father's heart for you is... He has everything, but he's missing one thing. And he's prepared to go and to turn the house upside down to find that one coin. When he's got everything else, but he wants that one coin. And his heart for you is that he'll go after that coin. In pursuit of that coin. Why? Because his heart for you is that he loves you. His heart for you is that it's almost, it's almost irresponsible 
And I know I'm talking about our fathers, so I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this lightly or easily, but there's an aspect of the Father's love and the Father's heart for us that reaches out when it doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? And he says, because I love them. Because I love them. Heaven on earth isn't always easy. Heaven on earth will sometimes put you in a place where others may misunderstand you, take advantage of you, and look at you and say things and slander you. But at that moment, what you are doing is you are reflecting the Father's heart and going after somebody or something that everybody else has written off. And the love of the Father and the heart of the Father is to go after the one when he's got 99 there with him. I would just say, count your losses and move on. But the Father's heart says no. The Father's heart says, uh-uh. The Father's heart says, no, there's one. There's one. In Luke 15, there's the parable of the, the 99 sheep. Then there's another parable right after that of the woman that has five coins, and she loses one. I've been in situations where I've lost something like that, and it's like, oh, well, I still got four. But the Father, his heart, his heart says, no, <laughs> I had five. I'm going after that one. Heaven on earth doesn't always make sense. And our passion, my passion, is to see heaven on earth. And that might mean that we do things that don't make sense, but they make the Father's heart. And they reflect the Father's heart. I may stand up for people that make a mess out of themselves, but I will stand up for them because I know their heart and their passion is to love God and to serve God, but they struggle with things. Am I prepared to stand with them, go after them, support them, defend them, or am I going to cut them loose and say, too bad, so sad? Now I know, I know there's Things that we do and, and situations and responsibilities and boundaries. I understand that. But sometimes we put up boundaries to protect ourselves, not to reflect God's heart. This morning, Don't ever forget how the heart of the Father came to you.
don't ever forget what work he did in you so that when you see somebody that's not clean, when you see somebody that looks you in the face and says, I want to do better, but I struggle. When you see somebody that has had a tough, tough time, that you don't let the, your heart dictate, but you say, God, heaven on earth, what does that look like here? And I'll tell you, it may look different for each one of you here. This is not a formula. This is a relationship. But my, my prayer for you this morning is twofold. One, that you'd, you'd be touched by the Father's heart this morning. His heart for you. And the second thing of my prayer is that it would cause you to reach out to somebody that's hurting and instead of instead of joining the rest of social media instead of joining all the naysayers instead of doing the peer pressure going lord what is your heart for this child and then give yourself to what his heart leads you to This is dangerous. This is dangerous. But sometimes I think we live too sanitized. How do I close this? I want to give you a little story. of the fun goodness of our Father, of Papa God. How he, he loves to do things for kids. This week, Winona and I had some tough days. And one evening, she was tired and she went to bed very early. Um, and as she went to bed, she laid down in bed and she was having a conversation with Papa God. And she has an amazing relationship with her Heavenly Father that she just comes to Him. And, and so as she's talking to Him, she kind of just goes, you know what, Papa? I'd like, I'd really like if somebody could just, and then she gave out her request. She said, I'd love for somebody somehow to take my kids to Hawaii. For two weeks. She just blurted it out. The next morning, the next day, somebody comes to us 
and says, hey, somebody wants to send you to Hawaii for two weeks. Within 24 hours, Papa God came and he took her out of that mess and he says, I've got something for you. That just tickled Winona's heart. That just tickled her heart. With everything, all the pressures, all this, all that, doctors, this, this thing, this coming up, this coming up, her husband, all these other things that deal and and, and the father just says, I heard you. And I've got some, just little thing. I haven't forgotten you. So this morning, a father's heart, as he hears you, he hears you, he hears you, and he loves you. And what you thought might never happen He takes great delight in surprising his kids.